not sure where I first saw it, but uh, a favorite cartoon is one where a man is sitting in a doctor's office uh, having his uh, heart monitored. Uh, he's sitting in the doctor's office and the doctor is standing next to him along with two medical technicians who are swaying and dancing and snapping their fingers. And in the caption, the doctor says, the bad news is we've detected that you have an irregular heart rhythm. The good news is that the beat is irresistible. <laughs> and in a way, this is true for every follower of Jesus. You are a child in Jesus if you uh, have put your faith in him, and you were given then a one-of-a-kind heart, a heart that is having a unique heartbeat designed to get the people around you dancing with life change. God has given you the heart of a life changer and then empowers you with a heartbeat that is irresistible. If you were a follower of Jesus, I know this about you. I know that you want to be a blessing to people in your life. I know that you want to have a positive impact on people around you. You wanna bring people closer into a relationship with God. You wanna bless people because God has put that giving heart in you. But not only does God give you this giving heart, God gives you a gift to give. And that's what we're gonna study today in Paul's letter to the Romans, chapter 12, beginning with verse eight. Inspired by God, Paul writes this. Just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ, we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is encouraging, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. Now, in a moment, we're gonna zoom in on these various spiritual gifts uh, that, and talk about how God gives them to you so that you can go beyond just wanting to be a life changer and actually being empowered to be one. But first, I'd like to step back and uh, look at how my personal-sized spiritual gift fits into God's big plan of salvation. We go back to God's first dealings with his first people back in the days of Moses, when God set aside a small group of his people called priests to do all the ministry. The priests had a prophetic role, which uh, does not mean that they foretold the future. Uh, prophecy refers to their job of communicating God's word to God's people. As part of this role, the priests encouraged people and taught people. Priests were also the leaders who organized worship 
to God. The priests exercised giving to God as they brought the people's sacrifices to God. Uh, and the priests had a mercy role where they prayed for the, for the people of God and they communicated uh, God's forgiveness and healing to the people. Prophecy, leading, serving, giving, encouragement, mercy. The priests did everything. And, it, and this was a tiny percent of the population of God's people. Like 5% of God's people did all the ministry. And if you were not part of the 5%, if you were not a priest, you could not serve God. It didn't matter how much your heart just longed to be able to serve the God you loved. It didn't matter. You were not able to if you were not a priest. There was a wall, there was a barrier that kept you from serving God and made it impossible. But this all changed with Jesus. Through his death and resurrection, Jesus broke down all the walls. He broke down the wall of separation between me and a relationship with God. Jesus broke down the walls that separated us, his people, into ethnic groups and social groups. He broke down all those walls. And Jesus destroyed the wall that allowed only 5% of God's people to serve him as priests. Jesus destroyed the wall. And at Pentecost, Jesus poured out his Holy Spirit on all believers. And Jesus was saying, I want all of you to be priests. I want all of you to be ministers. I want all of you to be a part of bringing life change to this world that so desperately needs it. Which the apostle Peter celebrates when he writes to all Christ followers saying in 1 Peter chapter two, you are God's chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, declaring the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into his wonderful light. I'm emphasizing this because God has been speaking to me. God has been speaking to me about the fact that many of you who are listening to me right now don't know who you are. Maybe you have come from a church tradition where the full-time priests did all the work of God in the church, and you were supposed to just watch. Watch them as they served God. Or maybe you come from a church where the pastors do all the work in the church. And you were relegated to the bleachers where you are just a spectator and you applaud what you like, what the pastor is doing, and then you boo and hiss the parts of the pastor is doing that you don't like. Well, that's not how things work here at Black Rock. We never boo or hiss the pastors. <laughs> Instead, when the pastors are preaching, they say, we've got all day, keep going, keep going. We don't care it's beautiful out there. So I'm kidding. Here at, uh, at BlackRock, we have no spectators at all. We don't have any spectators who are applauding or booing or hissing. Here at BlackRock, everyone who is a follower of Jesus is a player on the field. Here at BlackRock, we operate every single day 
on the biblical theological principle known as the priesthood of all believers, which means no Christ follower at BlackRock is a spectator, but every Christ follower is a player on the field. And not only are is every Christ follower player on the field, but there are not two levels of people on the field. There are not people on the field who are, ooh, the professional players, and then the other people who are just laymen or just volunteers. There is no just layman. There's just no just volunteer. There's no just anyone. We are all priests. We are all ministers. We are all equal players who have an equal part to play on the field as far as it comes to Jesus' kingdom and bringing life change to this desperate world. But even though we are equal players on the field, we don't all have the same role on the team. No. This is where the Apostle Paul says, uh, and he changes the metaphor to a body. And he says that just like we are one body, there are still different parts with different gifts. And then Paul lists the seven spiritual gifts here in Romans chapter 12. The seven gifts are communication of God's word or prophecy, leadership, giving, teaching, serving, encouragement, mercy. Now, the first thing to notice about these gifts is that they are all heightened versions of the things that all believers need to do. For instance, there is a gift of giving, but all believers must give financially to the church out of their love and worship to God. Don't ever say, God, I don't give to the church that supports me and my family and helps me grow. I don't give financially because you didn't give me the gift of giving. If you say that to God, you're telling God that you have no concept of what it means to live in gratitude for what Jesus has done for you and how he has called you to be a functioning part of his body. Another thing to notice about this gift list is that it's just a sampling. We know that these seven gifts are just examples of all the spiritual gifts that are possible because Paul in other letters talks about other gifts. He talks about uh, gifts of evangelism and faith and gifts of discernment and wisdom and many others. Now here's another observation about this gift list. And this observation is something that you can reject if you do not find it helpful. Uh, This is something that that I have just looked at when I look at this this list of, of seven gifts. I think that some gifts seem to be designed to propel God's people to mission beyond the church, and some of the gifts seem designed for caring for God's people within the church. Some uh, are kind of more outward focused and some are more inward focused. Now, I'm just making up these terms, but there seem to be kingdom advancement gifts like communication, leadership, giving, evangelism, and faith, and then kingdom enhancement gifts like teaching and serving and encouraging, mercy, discernment, wisdom, For instance, uh, Bible scholars generally agree that there's a difference between preaching, 
prophecy, and teaching. The difference is that teaching is feeding the body toward an enhanced understanding of God's will, whereas preaching is advancing the body into action to fulfill God's will. The point is, we need both kinds of gifts. The gifts of advancement and enhancement are reflections of God's twofold purpose for us. God has a purpose for us, his people, and you can see this purpose uh, revealed in the gifts that God gives to the body. God wants us to care for each other inside BlackRock, and God also wants us to reach out to others outside BlackRock. God gives enhancement gifts so that we care for each other. But if we're only just encouraging each other and serving each other and ignoring God's call to boldly share his love with those outside the church, we're missing half of God's purpose for us. And on the other hand, God gives us advancement gifts designed to motivate us and organize us to reach beyond our walls. But if we're only reaching new people and ignoring the care needs of each other in the body, we're missing half of God's purpose for us. We must have both categories in full participation in order to be healthy as a church, which is all to say, we need you. If you're a Christ follower and BlackRock is your church. Quick story. Uh, I have a friend named Greg who is an architect by profession, but he works with high school students as a passion. Greg is devoted to student ministry, even though for years he would not even consider working with students. Do you know why? It's because Greg thought that working with student ministry was just holding hands of kids and listening to them complain about acne and uh, peer pressure and their parents and stuff like that. Greg said, that's not me. And he's right. Greg does not have kingdom enhancement gifts of comfort and holding a hand. He has kingdom advancement gifts. And somehow Greg got the idea that student ministry did not need his gift mix. But God got through to him, and in a very, what I would call, strange way. God spoke to Greg through ancient church history. That's right. Greg was reading a dusty old book uh, about an early church father named Clement. Uh, Clement was the pastor of the church in Rome about 50 years after Jesus rose from the dead. Clement wrote about his day and how there was a desperate shortage of young church leaders in Rome because the young men who could be trained to serve in the church couldn't do it because they were slaves. They were owned by a slave master and therefore not free to be trained as pastors, not free to serve in the church. In these same ancient texts, Clement also described the amazing and costly solution that the early church came up with. One by one, some older Christ-following men who were free men, not slaves, went to those slave masters and said, I do not have the money to buy the freedom of the young man who is your slave, but 
I will take his place and become your slave for the rest of my life so that this young man can be free. And Clement says that in that way, a handful of young men were set free to be trained as pastors because a handful of older men so believed in them, so valued them and their future, that they were willing to serve as slaves for the rest of their lives in order to free these young men to serve God. And Greg says that when he read about this extreme sacrifice, he began to weep. Greg wept because he heard God calling him to set some young men free by giving his life to them. And that's what he's doing. Greg is a life changer who is using his kingdom advancement gifts to train high school guys. Greg does not hold hands, but he does give his life to mentor and train and help these young men to become the best they can be by mentoring them to be leaders for Christ in student ministry. We need you if you have enhancement gifts, that you have the ability to just be a friend and to comfort and listen to students who are hurting. But we also need you if you have advancement gifts of leadership and training and mentoring. And what is true for student ministry is true for every area here at Black Rock to fulfill our twofold purpose that God has given to us. We need everybody. We need everybody with your enhancement and your advancement gifts. Now, I realize that some of you have never even heard this concept of spiritual gifts before. Uh, and uh, you, your head is spinning right now. Uh, you're saying, well, all right, I understand. Jesus is commanding me. He's not just suggesting. He's commanding me to be actively participate in his body, the church. But I don't know what my spiritual gift is. And uh, how do I do it? How do I discover my spiritual gift? What if I pick the wrong one? Uh, these are... These are logical reactions. These are logical questions, but just don't take this the wrong way, but they're totally the wrong questions. They're the wrong questions. God commands me to serve in the body of Christ. He doesn't command me to discover my spiritual gift. Uh, your spiritual gift is not something you discover before serving in the church, but after, maybe even long after. Discovering your gift is not the issue. Participating as a member of the body of Christ is the issue. Serving is the issue. Maybe after you serve Jesus in the church for a while in several different roles, you'll get, start to get an idea of, of patterns of how God uses you, and you'll end up seeing your spiritual gift in the rearview mirror. Or maybe not, <laughs> because the truth is, What's important to God is not you discovering your place of, of spiritual gift, but discovering your place to serve. That's the question. So the question is not, how do I discover my spiritual gift? The question is, where shall I serve? And the BlackRock you have so many choices. You have so many options to be a life changer. You can be a life changer in working with kids or be a life changer greeting adults or helping them park their car on Sunday morning or be a life changer by giving care to hurting people or as what is our key emphasis today, you can be a life changer in our student 
ministries. There are hundreds of places for you to serve at BlackRock, and the best way for you to find your unique fit is to think about your unique shape. Shape is an acrostic that is not original with me, uh, but is a helpful teaching tool. I find my fit if I consider my shape, where shape stands for S, spiritual gifts, H, heart passions, A, my abilities, P, my personal personality style, and E, my experiences. So if you're a follower of Jesus and BlackRock is your church, Jesus is not suggesting, he's commanding for you to be a life changer who serves in his body by finding your shape. It's not my responsibility to find your shape. It's not the church's responsibility to find your shape. It's your responsibility before Jesus to find your shape, starting with considering what might be your spiritual gifts. Next, check your heart. The bad news is we've detected that you have an irregular heart rhythm. The good news is the beat is irresistible. Your unique heartbeat is irresistible and God gives it to you so the people around you can be changed and get to dancing. I know people in our kids' ministry who are passionate about Vacation Bible School because that is where they first met Jesus. I know people in our prayer room ministry who are passionate about prayer because they experienced some kind of healing or release because someone prayed over them. I know people in our Sunday morning shine ministry working with special needs kids because they have a brother or a sister who is on the spectrum. Our living free groups are dancing with life change because they're led by irresistible people who want to see people set free like they have been. There's worry-free women who are passionate about helping other women find victory over anxiety. Uh, there's temper-tamed men who have found freedom over their inner anger and they're passionate about helping other men find the same freedom. What is your irresistible heartbeat? Let it lead you to the place where you can be a life changer who gets people dancing. Next, consider your abilities. Maybe you have uh, special abilities in music or drama or uh, speaking or uh, in video or camera or technology. God has given you these gifts for a reason, probably. Uh, you can be a life changer by looking at your abilities and getting them uh, in, in play. Next, consider your unique personality style, okay? So uh, passions and abilities, uh, they are usually developed over time, right? But your personality style is typically something you are born with. I was uh, hearing a mother not too long ago talk about how her daughter's independent personality was apparent by the time she was three years old. Uh, this mom tells the story of how uh, Shauna got a tricycle when she was three years old for her birthday. And so the next day, uh, mom brought Shauna and her tricycle out to the, in front of the house, to the sidewalk in front of the house, and she pointed uh, to Shauna to the left and said, see that big oak tree about 100 feet away? You can ride your trike from here in front of the house to the oak tree and back. That's all. That's that's all you can do, okay, Shauna? Because the truth is, if you go beyond that oak tree, I'm gonna have to spank you because then you'll be around the corner and I won't be able to see you. 
And this mother says that at three years old, at that moment, Shauna looked up at her mom and said, well, you better spank me right now. <laughs> because I've gotta see what's around that corner. And uh, I've got places to go, please people to see. And, uh, and this, this mom said, that's Shauna. It's not that she was being bad, it's just that that's who she is. And believe it or not, we have places in this church for people just like you, uh, who just gotta see around the next corner. Uh, Jen and I have twins, a son, Parker, who loves structure and organization, and a daughter, Kaylee, uh, who is less structured and go with the flow. And as parents, uh, we could see these personality differences from the very beginning. Uh, it would be uh, Saturday afternoon, and uh, Jen and I would uh, be at home with the two kids and noticed for a long time that we didn't see our son Parker. Uh, we saw Kaylee toddle through the kitchen, doing things, having snacks, and this kind of thing, uh, but for like an hour, we didn't see Parker. And this happened a few times, and then we found out the reason was the same each time. It was the kids were playing hide and seek, and halfway through the counting, Kaylee would get distracted and forget to go find her brother. And no kidding, Kaylee's watching TV, having a snack, and Parker is somewhere in the dark thinking he'd found the best hiding place ever for hours. We all have an inborn personality style. And there is a serving fit for you. If you love organization and structure, and there is a serving fit for you. If you're the type who would leave your brother hiding in a laundry basket for hours. <laughs> the last part of finding your shape is taking stock of your unique experiences. I find that God does not waste anything. And more and more, I'm able to kind of look and see and get glimpses of how each of my past experiences has uniquely shaped me and inspired me for parts of, of ministry. And I was talking to my wife, Jen, about this uh, recently, and she says the exact same thing is true for her. Here's Jen's story. So Fusion is the high school ministry at BlackRock where students learn to grow in their faith, develop deep friendships, and learn to impact their world with God's love and compassion. So Fusion meets Tuesday nights throughout the year, and it's a time when students hang out, they play ridiculous games, they get inspired by God's Word, and then discuss in small groups how they can apply the message in their daily lives. There's also special events like Young Life Outreach, where students can bring an unchurched friend to an event like Color Wars or the annual volleyball tournament. And this is an opportunity for them to expose their friends to Jesus outside of the church context. There are also worship nights where students have an opportunity to express their love for Jesus through singing and dancing and praying. And then there are the retreats.
I started serving with Fusion right before the winter retreat this year, and my family thought it was hilarious that I'd agreed to go on the retreat because they know I'm an early morning person and thought I'll never be able to stay up with the girls at night. So I figured I'd prove it to them, and I drank three shots of espresso and drank two large cups of coffee on the way up there, so by the time I arrived at 10.30 at night, I was raring to go. And um, I was fully alert during the whole session, and I was also fully alert all night long long after everybody had gone to sleep at 3 a.m. But I'm so glad that the Lord kept me up because it was an opportunity to pray for those girls one by one. And I probably prayed over almost a dozen girls that night. I absolutely love serving at Fusion. I mean, I can hardly contain myself when I start talking about it. Everybody at work knows when it's Tuesdays that I'm leaving on time. Don't even, don't even bring anything to my attention at the end of the day because I'm all about getting to Fusion. And some, sometimes they say, you mean you really like working with high school students? Aren't they a little scary? I'm like, not at all. They're the best kids in the whole world. I mean, it's, it's almost like the best part of parenting. You know, you get to draw out the best in them, pray over them, um, help them, you know, grow in their faith and you know impact their world and um, you know you don't ever have to ask them if they need to clean up their room or if they've done their homework it's like the best job of parenting the very minute that I decided to serve at fusion it was like as if the Lord transferred his heart into my heart so that the way that I felt about these students is the way that God feels about those students his kindness and his compassion was transferred into my heart and I just had this amazing affection for them. So much so that it's like they're my own children in a way, like they're my adopted children. When I'm with them, I just want to hug them and encourage them. When I'm not with them, I'm praying for them and I'm thinking about seeing them again. And that's how I found Jesus, was through somebody who invited me to a high school event. And um, if they hadn't invited me and there wasn't a place to go, I wouldn't know Jesus. I wouldn't be sitting here right now without that. And the amazing thing about it is that the person who was instrumental in leading me to Christ, years later, her grandson led our son to Christ. And so it's just this amazing impact. If you can do your part and creating a space where Jesus can do His work, He's going to do amazing things through you. Uh, it's my wife, and uh, I was going to say I love her shape, but you know what I mean. And uh, <laughs> you know, I I I think back to uh, to how I was impacted in, in uh, high school, and maybe this is your story too. You have the opportunity to be an impact, to be a life changer in a student's life. So as you leave this place, uh, you'll go right into our Welcome Center. There's some tables set up uh, where you can find out a little more information about the different areas uh, of opportunity to serve students uh, here. And I, I hope that you'll take it real seriously because well, go back to Clement of Rome and uh, how uh, there were those uh, older men who said, I'm willing to be a slave for the rest of my life so that these young people uh, can serve God. And if you were one of those young people, would you ever uh, take that serving lightly? Would you ever say, well, maybe not this year. I can't serve Jesus in the church this year. Uh, I'm a little busy. Could you ever say that? 
No, you would never be able to say that. You would know that this is, that someone had sacrificed for you so that you could be a part of, of life change in the church. Well, guess what? That's you. Someone died for you so that the wall could be broken down so that you could be a priest, you could be a minister who's bringing life change to people in the body of Christ. So please, don't just put this aside as just something on your to-do list. This is something that gets to the very heart of who you are. This is who you are as a follower of Jesus. You are someone who has been uniquely called, uniquely empowered, uniquely gifted so that you can make a change in someone's life forever. We want to thank you for watching and listening to our sermons online. And we hope that uh, you will be inspired to live more like Jesus through these. Please check out blackrock.org for more information about our church. Know that you can subscribe to our podcast on iTunes and also uh, know that you can give uh, to BlackRock and to our ministry through PushPay, through our mobile app, and on our website. Your uh, donations and your support of our ministry allows us to have uh, these videos online and for us to impact our community.